Well, good morning, Rethink Life. Wasn't that an amazing time of worship today? Didn't you enjoy it? Preparing our hearts for what God wants to say to us and uh, pray that we came today with an open heart to receive what it is that God has in store for our lives. And uh, I don't know about you, but man, I am counting down the days of Christmas. It's hard to believe it's almost here. Anybody excited for Christmas today? Come on. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time. Well, do me a favor. Give those that are watching right now a round of applause and just thank them for being a part of our worship experience. And uh, I know that uh, as, as Christmas draws near, uh, we have perhaps friends and family that will be coming in from out of town. And I just want to say uh, today, as you came in, you should have received there in your seat um, one of the sheets that is basically uh, designed for you to take with you. There's four individual um, Christmas invites, and that's a great opportunity for you to Again, this week to leverage this opportunity at work or maybe at school, um, maybe a family member, but use that opportunity to invite people to be a part of one of our five Christmas uh, worship experiences. And whatever you do, don't come to church next week at 10 a.m., okay? If you come at 10 a.m., guess what? Uh, nobody's going to be here. If you come at 10 a.m., we may end up putting you to work. But we won't have a 10 a.m. service, nor are we going to have an 8.30 service next Sunday. Instead, we're having a 1 o'clock and a 3 o'clock service next Sunday. And then on Christmas Eve, the 24th, we'll be having a 3 o'clock and a uh, three o'clock here and a five o'clock in Lake Nona. Five total services, and it's a great opportunity for you to invite friends to be a part of what God has in store for an amazing, amazing time of uh, Christmas. And so we're excited for that. And uh, today, as we are um, really wrapping up a calendar year, um, God put something on my heart that I've never done before, and I pulled it off the last service. I know I can do it again. But it's a challenge, and here's what we're doing. I don't know about you, but, but you know, I've always personally enjoyed, you know, kind of the, at the end of a major event, for example, like the Olympics. You know, when you watch, you know, it's a two-week-long journey. You experience, you know, like the Olympic Games where, you know, you have all these amazing events taking place. And, and sometimes, you know, you even forget about, you know, all the different events that go on throughout the course of the summer or maybe your uh, winter Olympic Games. And so what they do at the very end is they always do kind of like a highlight reel. They do like a recap of all of the amazing moments that took place. Or maybe, for example, like the Academy Awards, you know, they'll, they'll always recognize, you know, the movie of the year. And, uh, you know, but, but they'll do a recap of all these amazing movies. Or maybe like the Grammys, you know, they'll, they'll spotlight a lot of different songs. But then it's always that one big, you know, the song of the year, artist of the year. And so it's always kind of a cool thing. Or maybe as you watch the, the nightly news, you know, a lot of times what they'll do, the kind of the final broadcast of the evening news, they'll always do like a, a, you know, a year in review from the standpoint of all of the major highlights, good, bad, everything in between, they'll show those, those amazing moments that took place in a given year. I thought to myself here recently, how cool would it be if we could go back and recap 2018? In other words, wouldn't it be cool if I could preach all of the message series in one sermon before we close out the year end? Some of you are saying, do what? Are you for real? You mean you're going to preach all of those sermons? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to recap. We're going to give a highlight reel of the entire year of 2018 in the next 25 minutes. Y'all think I can do it? 
It's going to be incredible. So here's what I encourage you to do. I encourage you to listen fast, all right? Take some notes if you have something to write on. But here's the message, and here's the specific passage of Scripture that God used to really kind of put this in my heart and stir my heart towards what we're doing today. It's found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. And I just want to give you a little backstory here. Paul, the apostle who wrote this letter to his uh, brothers and sisters there in Philippi, um, Paul was in prison. And as he's writing this, um, this letter to his, his brothers and sisters in Christ, he, he was reminding them that whatever you do, don't allow outward circumstances to rob you of your inward joy. And it was, it was amazing the fact that he could even think that way, even say something like that, because here he was behind prison bars. And yet he was reminding his brothers and sisters on the outside of the prison bars, hey, don't allow your outward circumstances to influence the inward joy in your heart. And if you ever read the book of Philippians, which I encourage you to do, it's a very short book, that's really the theme of the book of Philippians. It is the subject of joy. And he says these words in verses 8 and 9, Philippians chapter 4. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, he said, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And then in verse 9, he said, keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me. And everything you heard from me and saw me doing, and then God, the God, and then, then the God of peace will be with you. So Paul is reminding us, hey, keep putting into practice those things which you have seen and heard. And my encouragement to you, and this is a challenge for me as well, is that we've got to keep putting into practice those things which we've seen and heard and experienced in 2018 spiritually in our lives. Can I get an amen? So we've got to keep putting it into practice. And so here's what we're going to do in rapid fire. I'm going to kind of walk you through the series and really the calendar year of 2018. And we're going to look at the take-home principles from those given series. And we started in the month of January with a series called Redirection. I know if many of you may recall or remember that particular series, but at the end of the day, here's the thing we have to understand, that we all have uphill hopes. But the problem is, is that we have downhill habits. And so what happens is that when we, when we go after things in our lives that perhaps are things that, that really God doesn't desire for us to pursue, what happens, those in and of themselves can become major distractions. They can derail us. They become destructive habits that end up taking us off course from God's good and pleasing and perfect will. God has a plan. He has a purpose. And we've got to make sure that we are moving in the direction that God has for us. So it doesn't matter how sincere your hopes might be. You know, when we start a new calendar year, we're all making new goals, new resolutions, this and that. At the end of the day, our lives have got to be in alignment with God. We've got to be moving in sync with Him. We've got to be moving in the direction that He has for our lives. And sometimes it's uphill. So some of the things that God wants us to do, it's going to stretch us. It's going to challenge us. It can be difficult at times. That's why it's uphill. But we've got to push through, persevere, and we've got to keep pursuing God's plan and God's purposes. So we've got to redirect so that we can stay on course of God's plans. And this is what we learn in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Fix your eyes, Paul said. He said, fix your eyes and fix your attention on God. 
You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and then quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you that's always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. So we talked about three specific habits in our lives that we need to form that become those habits that ultimately get our lives moving in the right direction. And then we moved into the month of February. And in February, what we did is we did a series called Unboxed. And here's the take home of that series called Unboxed. And it was this. Listen, we, we get to choose how much God uses us and how much God blesses us. We get to choose. And the reason why I say that is because in, in Philippians chapter, excuse me, I'm sorry, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So it is impossible for you and for me to please God without having faith. So at some point in our lives, we have to unbox our faith. We have to step out of the comfort zone and we have to live in the faith zone. And no matter what it is that you're going through in life and no matter what it is you're facing, you've got to be willing to unbox your faith and live by faith and not by sight. And so here's the thing we learned. We learned that we get to choose how much God blesses us. And the reason why we know that to be true is because some blind guys approached Jesus and they, they asked Jesus to, to heal them. And, and Jesus said, what can I do for you? And they said, Jesus, we want to see. And here's what Jesus responded with concerning their request. In Matthew 9, verse 29, he said these words. He touched their eyes and he said, according to your faith, let it be done. Key word there, according to your faith. So according to your faith, we get to choose how much God blesses us. According to faith that we put into action. So we have to unbox our faith. So it was a series and a journey that we embarked upon related to the subject of faith. Why? Because without faith, it is impossible to please who? To please God. And so then we moved on to the month of March. And then during the month of March, we talked about a series that we called Steps. Proverbs 16 verse 9 says it this way. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our what? Our steps. And so when you think about it, our plans... We can make our plans all day long. But at the end of the day, God is the one who's ultimately orchestrating and in charge of our steps. And the thing about our spiritual life, listen, spiritual, listen, spiritual growth is not a destination. It is a journey. And that's what we learned, that growth is a journey, not a destination. And we talked about some things related to stepping up. We talked about stepping out. We talked about stepping in. And there are things in our lives that sometimes when it comes to spiritual challenges that we need to step up into. Sometimes there are things that we need to step out of related to, again, maybe the comfort zone of our lives. We've got to step out of the boat and we've got to step out into faith and trust God to be God in certain areas in our lives. And then we talked about stepping in, stepping into other people's lives. That God wants to use us to step into the lives of the people that he's placed around us to be people of influence so we can make a spiritual impact in their lives. It's about a destination. But the destination is the eternal destination. But the life that we live on this side of heaven, guess what? It is a journey. And it is a journey of growth. And where there's always another step, there's always a step for us to take to move closer into our relationship with God. 
and our influence with others. And then we moved from the month of March, we ultimately moved into the months of April and May, and we talked about a series called The Family Shift. We put the focus on relationships specifically as it related to the family. And here's the thing we learned. We learned is the take home was this. Every family ends up somewhere, but few families end up somewhere on purpose. And what we did is we learned a very important principle in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster to give you a hope and a future. So I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for the fact that God has a plan and he has a purpose, he has a hope, and he has a future for your life and for your marriage and for your family relationships. You believe that? You see, every family ends up somewhere, but few families end up somewhere on a purpose. And then we move from the months of Mar- April and May to ultimately to the summer. Can you believe we're already in the summer? So here we are in the summer, and we spent an incredible summer focusing on the summer of love. And what was the take home there? The take home of the summer of love was truly this, was simply this, and it was to, to love better and to shine brighter. To love better and to shine brighter. And one of the things that we learned in this particular um, series throughout the summer months is we learned how to live out, to exemplify God's love in all areas. But here's the thing. It's hard for us to exemplify the love of God and to live out the love of God if we, we ourselves have never experienced the love of God. In other words, you cannot give what you do not have. You can't give grace to someone if we haven't experienced grace ourselves. You can't give mercy to someone if we haven't experienced mercy ourselves. It's hard to show love to people if we ourselves do not feel loved and accepted by God. So you, you cannot give what you do not have. And so we learned how to love better. We learned how to shine brighter. In John 13, verses 34 and 35, it says it this way. Jesus said, I've, I, I have, so, I have give, so I've given you a new commandment. He said, love each other just as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the, the same love that I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you are my true followers. And one of the things that we did is we concluded our summer by having one of the largest um, outreaches that we've ever done in the history of our church. And we partnered with over a thousand churches across the nation for National Serve Day. And we made an incredible impact as we love better and we shine brighter for the glory of God to touch our city with the hope that is found and the love that is found in Jesus Christ. So it was an incredible, incredible time. And then we moved from the summer ultimately into the month of August. It's always interesting when August comes around because August is kind of like the new January. August is the time where school is getting ready to settle back in. We've come off the summer, and now all of a sudden as we're thinking about school and getting our calendars and settling back in into routines, before we kind of jump into a new season, what we wanted to do is we wanted to kind of just push pause, push reset, and ultimately rid ourselves from some things that potentially could hinder us from being effective during this fall season of our lives, and specifically the fall season of our ministry here as a church. And so we focused on a series called Detox. And here's what's interesting is that the word detox, we usually associate it with the body. In fact, that's what the definition actually means. It means the removal of toxic substances from a living organism. So there are always going to be things in our lives. There are going to be impurities. There are going to be 
uh, unhealthy things. There are going to be um, oftentimes toxic areas. It could be relationships. It could be, it could be addictions. It could be habits. It could be some things in our past that the enemy is using to dilute or to, uh, to, 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 create toxic, uh, to create a toxic waste, if you will, in our lives that God wants us to remove and get rid of. And so we learn from Joshua, in the book of Joshua. And I love what, what, what Joshua reminds us of in, in, in Joshua 3, verse 5. He said, to consecrate yourselves. Why? For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And so the take-home from that series was this. God wants to do a work in you before he can do a work through you. And one of the things that we did to experience that journey together was we did seven days of prayer and fasting, which we'll be doing again in January. But one of the things we did in August is we pursued God. and We wanted to get rid of those things, those impurities, those areas that we needed to detox. And whether it be spiritually, whether it be you know, emotionally, whether it be physically, we wanted to prepare ourselves and consecrate ourselves for what God wanted to accomplish in us and through us. And then we moved on to September. What's interesting about September is we put the focus on the workplace. We did a series called Made for Mondays. Remember that? We talked about how often, you know, we look at work, we look at the workplace, and we kind of approach our Mondays as somewhat mundane. And as a result, we don't see that God wants to turn our, our Mondays into a mission. And so as a result, we learned something in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And so here's, here's what we learned. Paul said, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. So the take home that we learned in this particular series is this. Understanding the why we work and the how we work influences the way we work. And so we can turn our Mondays into a mission. And rather than seeing our job as a paycheck, we can see purpose be behind it. We can see the opportunity that God wants us to be brighter light, to, to make a difference, to leverage our influence, and to see our work as an opportunity and a platform to make a greater difference spiritually in the lives of people related to those that we have the opportunity to be like to. And so with that in mind, we, we move from the month of September into the month of October. And we talked about relationships made simple. You know, relationships, when you think about it, can get muddy. They can get cloudy. They can get complicated. And the reason why is because we have a tendency to get in the way. And so the only way we can simplify the relationships is to go back to the basics of what God desires for us to do in those relationships. And what did we learn? The take home was this. Relationships require work. And the reason why they require work is because we have to do the things that sometimes don't come naturally to us. And so we learned in Matthew 7 verse 12, Jesus said it best, in everything you do, be careful to treat others in the same way you would want them to treat you. For that is the essence of the teachings of the law and the prophets. And so we looked at a lot of the different aspects of relationships and how those relationships are impacted as it relates to our marriage relationships, our relationships with our children, and ultimately our relationships with God. And then we moved into the month of November. And doesn't time fly? Can you believe? Man, we're already in the month of November. 
And here we are thinking about the holiday season. We're thinking about, you know, we're thinking about families gathering together. We're thinking about Turkey. And we're thinking about all the blessings. And, and what we did is we leveraged that season to be an outreach opportunity because so often families are gathering together and sometimes it gives us the opportunity to reach out to family members that normally wouldn't go to church or maybe a coworker that normally wouldn't go to church or a classmate that perhaps would, would never darken the door of a church but they'll come to watch a movie. And here's what's interesting. At the movies, we did four weeks where we helped introduce people to the life-changing truths and concepts where church and movies come together where they meet because that's what Jesus did when he talked to the crowds. He would often use stories or parables to deliver transforming truths. And that's what At The Movies was all about. It was parables, it was telling stories that allowed people to be able to hear and to ultimately walk out with life-changing truths. And one of my favorite movies that I personally enjoyed the most was the movie called uh, Hacksaw Ridge. And the reason why I was so drawn to Hacksaw Ridge is because it was about a guy who had a conviction. And the conviction, a true story, was, was, was that he would never touch a gun because he just didn't believe in killing other people. He didn't want to use a gun. He didn't want to be a part of anything like that, which seemed like a total contradiction being in war. But yet, through all of the things that came against him, he stood true to his convictions. He fought in the war, but yet he fought without a weapon. And yet God used him to save countless lives. And the thing that he kept emphasizing as he cried out to God in the midst of battle is God help me reach one more. God help me to reach one more. God help me to reach one more. And God used him to reach countless men whose lives were in danger. And I think one of the greatest challenges for us is to realize that you know what? During this time of the year, this season that God has placed in front of us, that ought to be our same prayer. God help me to reach one more at work. God helped me to reach before the end of 2018. God helped me to reach one more classmate. God helped me to reach that neighbor. God helped me to reach one more, one more for Jesus. And so as we have this opportunity, as we're winding up the year of 2018, we're getting ready to move into another season. That's why we concluded at the movies with my favorite movie of all, and that is Elf. How many of you like Elf? Come on, you can't have Christmas without seeing Elf. Well, one of the things that we learned, in fact, I love the scripture in, Matthew, in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, where it says, a merry heart does good like medicine. And it was an opportunity for us to laugh. At the same time, through the laughter, understand the importance of belief. You know, it's all about who you choose to believe in. It's about what you believe. And when you think about this opportunity that we are embarking upon right here at Christmas, we have an opportunity, unlike any other opportunity, to be able to reach people that are far from God and who matter to God. We have the opportunity to help people to believe in the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. God came to earth in the form of a baby. And so on this day of Christmas, we're gonna be celebrating and we're gonna be acknowledging the fact that Jesus Christ truly is the greatest gift of all. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And it's why we celebrate Christmas. It's why we invite our friends. It's why we reach out to neighbors. It's why we invite coworkers to come to, to come to church. Why? Because this is an opportunity for them to meet face to face and to experience the very presence of God in a way unlike they could ever experience it before. And so that's the reason why we're doing five Christmas services so that we can reach one more. So that one more person can come to faith in Jesus Christ and put their belief 
in the one who can ultimately change their life. I was um, up here this past, uh, excuse me, this past Monday night um, at the church, and uh, I was one of the few guys, many of our men, we had quite a few guys that came to help um, serve the ladies for our um, Rethink Pink uh, Ladies Night. It was kind of the Christmas edition where they had um, came together and, and just had a night of fun and, and enjoyment to, to, to really kind of usher in the season. And, and um, so I was in the hallway and there was a lady that approached me after, you know, the evening was dismissed. And um, I didn't know who she was. I didn't ever recall really seeing her before. And so her face and name just didn't connect the dots with me. She came up to me and she said, uh, Pastor, I just want to say thank you. I said, for what? She said, this church has changed my life. And as we kind of just exchanged a conversation for just a moment, she said, you have no idea this time last year where I was and to see where not only I'm at, but to see my whole family that has gotten involved because of this church and the difference it's made in our lives. And I thought to myself, you know, that's why we do what we do. That's why we do what we do. That's why... This season is so important to us. And as we wrap up 2018, one of the things that we're going to do, in fact, Michelle and I are actually going to be filming this tomorrow. But God has put something in our hearts related to the one thing. The one thing that as we look ahead in 2019, the one thing that we're going to believe God for. The one thing that maybe a promise that we're going to stand on. But it's the one thing, maybe it's the one prayer that we're going to pray. It's the one thing that we're going to, to put our, our mind and our heart and our focused attention toward. But it's the one thing that we're, we're going to take before God. And maybe that one thing in your life is, that one thing is for that mom or that dad that doesn't know the Lord to come to faith in Christ. Maybe that one thing is maybe a, a husband or a wife coming to faith in Jesus Christ. That one thing that you're believing God for, that you're praying for, that you're asking God to do a, a miracle in is maybe... That son or that daughter, that wayward son or daughter that needs to come back home to Jesus. And whatever your one thing is, we're going to be unpacking that. And so we're going to be talking about that and showing that during the week between Christmas and New Year's. But I just want to say this. 2018 has come and it's gone. And we have a few days left before the end of this calendar year. And the question is, what are we going to do with all that we've seen and all that we've heard. Because here's the wrap-up. The wrap-up is this. In James chapter 1, verse 23, verse 325, Paul said it like this. He said, for if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So James is reminding us of the important principle that what good does it do to come to church January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, and December, and here, and see, but yet not apply what we hear and what we see. 
It's like looking at yourself in a mirror and completely forgetting what you even look like. And yet Paul reminds us at the beginning, hey, put into practice those things which you've seen and you've heard. James is reminding us, hey, don't just look in the mirror. No, 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 no. Remember. Don't forget. Remember what you look like. And put into practice. Hey, be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. Apply these truths. Apply these principles in our everyday lives. And watch what God will do. Why? Because our spiritual growth is not a destination. It's a journey. There's always another step for us to take. And I'm praying that before we conclude 2018, you'll take that next step in your life, whatever it might be. You'll take that next step that God has for you. Maybe the next step is inviting a friend. Maybe the next step is just, you know, once again, positioning yourself and realigning yourself to be more intimate with God. Why? Because as we draw near to God, He will draw near to us. Maybe during this season of Christmas, this is an opportunity once again for us to realign our hearts and to fix our thoughts, to fix our minds on God, to put the focus back on Him. Because not only is Jesus the reason for the season, because once again, it is all about Him, but at the end of the day, you are also the reason for the season because that's why God came to earth to save you and to save me through the sacrifice of his one and only son, Jesus Christ. And so that's why we celebrate. It's why we acknowledge Christmas because it's the day, Emmanuel, God came to earth so that we could know him and so that we could have eternal life in heaven and have purpose here on earth. Amen? We just experienced a whole year in 30 minutes. That's pretty remarkable, isn't it? Let's be doers, not just hearers. Let's put into practice those things, those things which we have seen and heard. Amen? Let's bow our heads together in prayer.